are listening to the Renegade Economist, investigating monopoly profits, great corruption, and the policy solutions demanded. Geeky but essential, the tools to the fairest and most efficient economic system await. With your host, Carl Fitzgerald. One world is the planet Earth. It is a spinning ball on which we travel some 68,000 miles per hour. Inhabiting this one world are a small number of human beings who are entirely dependent upon the Earth for food, clothing and shelter, no matter on what part of it they live and regardless of their colour, race, speech, creed or customs. Each of these human beings occupies the Earth for a short period of some 70 or 80 years. The resources of this earth are so abundant that with the aid of science, these few human beings are now able to produce far more than the necessities of life. They may have luxuries as well. Their needs can be lavishly provided for if only mankind has freedom of access to the earth. It is only a step then to the problem of why millions of these human beings cannot procure everything they need and why they are so shut out from the resources of the earth that they cannot obtain even the necessities of life. Human beings seem to have conquered the sea and air, yet they have not conquered unemployment, poverty, depression, strikes and wars. We know that whatever may be the cause, happiness, peace and plenty are generally unattainable by the majority of the six odd billion human beings inhabiting this spinning earth. One writer put it this way, we know that private ownership of a single acre of land gives the title holder the power to say who may come on this acre, how long he may stay there, what he may do while there, as well as how much of his production he must part with for the permission to be there and work. It is obvious that if one man owned all the earth, he would have the power to regulate the lives of the rest of humanity. Well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. That's a reading from Whose World by Margaret Bateman way back in 1944. Welcome to uh, the Renegade Economist monthly edition. Great to be back in the hot seat after a welcome couple of months off. Show number 574 pleased to have a couple of months after uh, some 11 odd years and surprise surprise the same old stories continue don't they wherever you look in the news you just scratching your head thinking about how can economics make logical sense of this as a reflection of my reality and that's what we try to do here on the renegade economist i'm going to Try to uh, teach some of uh, the George's theory through this uh, next 11 or 12 weeks of this monthly show. So uh, hold tight and let's get into it because there have been some surprises that have come through of recent. Namely, the Queen of Fashion, Vivian Westwood, has joined the team. Let's have a listen to... uh, some of her latest fashion catwalk and how she mixes uh, the incredible mess the British population finds themselves under with Brexit alongside the complexity of worldly problems of inequality, poverty and rampant profiteering from uh, those resource plunderers.
Intellectuals unite are represented by the suit of hearts. Hearts are for culture. Democracy isn't working. Intellectuals unite. Intellectuals are heroes. We need more heroes. We need more thinkers. We need more heroes. Culture is the enemy of consumption. We call ourselves IOU, not IU, but I-O-U. If we had, if we had culture, our world would be in peace. Our ethos would be peace. We formed a book club. We meet every couple of months. Vivian gives a talk. Now we come to the crunch. Tax the poor and give to the rich. Everybody gets rich. That's the lie with the long nose. Rot dollar, short for rotten financial system. We represent the word system with a dollar sign. Rot dollar. Diamonds are for money. Rot dollar is all about consumption. Lewis, the banker, says that all profit belongs to him and the 1% so long as you keep buying crap. It's a game of destruction. I am the angel of democracy. I talk for Vivian. I am the voice that talks rot dollar, the cause of world death. It self-destructs and world destructs with it. Everyone knows rot dollar is the mechanism that favors the already rich by taxing the already poor. Democracy will only thrive when we can achieve a favorable balance between the wealthy and the poor. The answer is one world rent. My name is John Servan. I'm the head of Greenpeace. Vivian Westwood is not playing the joker. She knows years of inaction have brought a crisis to this world. It is not too late to act, but we must act now. This rotten financial system has taken us to a tipping point. Big oil corporations like BP are happy if we go over the edge. Don't ask me if it makes economic sense. They are killing the planet. It's time that we reshuffled the cards and dealt a new hand for the seven billion people living on Earth and for planet Earth itself, rather than just the 1%. So this logo that I'm wearing stands for One World Rent, and it's made up of number ones, if you can see there, all turning and pointing to the four corners of the earth. Can everyone see that? Now the gentleman I'm going to introduce to you now 
is fabulous Fred. Where is Fred? Hello, Fred. I'm Fred Harrison. Governments pass laws, but they have failed to stop the mad rush to the precipice. Something vital has been missing from all the talk about saving the planet. Vivian calls that missing element one world rent. One world rent. What does she mean by one world rent? North, south, east, west, all points of the compass. We will be explaining what she means by one world rent in the next show. But in the meantime, we need all of you to get into action to read the riot act to the politicians. Action, not words. Remember, what is good for the planet is good for the economy. If we really want to save ourselves, we have to stop the wrecking balls destroying the planet. Thank you. So there we have Vivian Westwood, the fashion icon, coming on board and talking about One World Rent. Doesn't that sound conspiratorial? Could that be the basis of common sense? Where's that crazy manic maniacal laughing in the background? Where's that sound effect? Well, let's go back to Margaret Bateman uh, from 1944 just to spell out the importance of this commodification of the earth and how great those advantages really are. There is no secret about the large estates in Great Britain and how they were acquired. In 1938, the Marquis of Boot sold his estate, said to be valued at £40 million back in 1938, and which included half the city of Cardiff, some 20,000 houses, 1,000 shops, several theatres, a huge steelworks and numerous factories. These estates are said to cover 110,000 acres. From his coal royalties alone, the Marquis' income amounted to over £109,000 or half a million dollars a year. In testifying before the Coal Commission, the Marquis said that the property had been granted to his ancestor in the year 1547 or 1550. One of the commissioners pointed out that King Edward VI died at the age of 15 and that this ancestor who was one of the guardians of the king, had in effect granted himself enormous areas of land which were at the time in possession of the crown, quotes Miss Bateman. So there we have one incredible theft, delivering millions upon millions of dollars each year just because of property rights. Some might say that... Uh, it was quite an outrage that uh, the government actually paid this Marquis of Boot any money at all. Hadn't he made enough by then? But no, the public uh, was required to buy him out some £40 million worth. So behind every great landed estate and old school money regularly lies a story of theft whether from our indigenous or our fellow man. And the right to put up a fence around that land and call it yours 
is one of the root causes of just so much pain within society. Because not only must we pay that rent to access the land, but we also have to pay tax on top of that to build the services that make the land you're renting even more valuable. At the same time, the wealthy can avoid paying their taxes and from that, the burden of taxation falls more and more heavily on the productive sector, be that labour and or capital. And so our solution here as Georges, that uh, the fruits of the earth are the bounty of all, that uh, there should be a market rent charged on that land that should go to fund the government and other land-like assets such as the geospatial orbits, the water rights. Goodness knows how much money is being made up on the Murray-Darling. I look forward to bringing you a show on uh, some of these water trading profits that are going on through to uh, the pearl divers, uh, the Paspoli family that uh, make millions and millions of dollars out of our pearls, but pay very little back for the right to access those resources. And we're confident that if this system was undertaken, there would be enough money to replace income taxes, to replace company taxes, to even have an amount left for a basic income and surely some form of restitution to the traditional custodians of this land. Because when you look at it, more can be made out of a man by owning the land he lives on than owning the man. It's just such an extraordinary advantage to have over the rest of society that this must be the basis for taxation. And unfortunately, economics is in a way trained to analyse society with one eye closed to these incredible advantages that the robber barons and the colonialists before them took when they came and stole the land. Economics has always been this diversion play from really looking deeply at why with all of these resources on the planet we just can't look after ourselves. So many have forgotten how to grow food, never even learnt, And uh, life just seems to be getting more and more complex as we put up these uh, remote-controlled walls around us as we uh, hide behind our screens, not knowing who our neighbours are, not able to connect in with what's really going on in our community. And from that, understanding who's making the money and how. Are they making it easily or are they actually employing people and working hard? And if they are doing that, Fantastic. They're the ones that should be rewarded. They're doing something productive for society, hopefully with a carbon tax in place, so it's uh, shifting things away from the, the rampant destruction that's gone on for so long. So with this new economic outlook, we can start to build up a civic understanding of what happens when a new train line is built through a community, what happens uh, when uh, vacant lots surround a community garden uh, where permaculturalists are doing such good work on. Well, that vacant landowner is going to be creaming it based on uh, this advantage they have that they can hold that land to ransom until prices go up to a level they're comfortable with and then they can sell. 
without having to step foot in that suburb, without having to do anything, regardless of whether there's graffiti on the site, whether it's full of rubbish, whether uh, you know it's become the local urinal, it really doesn't matter. The value of that location is what is key. And if more people are coming to the country, that only intensifies uh, that demand. So what happens when that leasehold is paid to the government is that it levels the playing field between generations, between those who own property and those who don't. No longer does the value of that property capitalise and increase each year based on the rent. Instead, that leasehold payment comes off the price you need to borrow from the banks up front. So it makes housing a lot more affordable. It makes any asset synergize with the ebbs and flows of the market, particularly good for farmers. So that's how property rights can be made fairer amongst the community. For as long as you're paying that lease, you still own the property. You certainly own the improvements on it, but you aren't delivered these easy windfall gains each year as the community around you builds their community gardens, uh, pays for the new train stations, all of that infrastructure you've heard me talk about. Alongside population growth, uh, these are unnatural advantages that property owners receive. And by paying a leasehold payment, it helps to flatten out those advantages. So hopefully, uh, even from these few words, you can start tying together more of the loose ends that are going on that are driving this uh, so-called policy vacuum we live within as we uh, analyse life in this uh, deglobalized world where we've rushed headlong into neoliberalism, the results haven't delivered and now uh, uh, the far right seem to be the ones that are giving the best answers for the uneducated to grasp. Let's just blame immigrants. They're the problem. We need guns. That's the solution. And everyone keeps building those walls. Well, whose earth is it anyway? Is it anyone's? It's this whole concept of ownership that is uh, really the problem. We need to move towards a sense of custodianship. And that's what happens when you lease the land rather than owning it. Instead of leasing it from the banks in effect, paying off your mortgage month by month, you lease it off the government and that payment stream replaces your taxes and because we're talking about the most efficient tax system you can have, that then helps reduce the pricing structure throughout the economy. Some 23% of taxes are added layer upon layer to push prices higher than they need to be because governments are so willing to do it the hard way in terms of taxation. Uh, They know it's politically challenging to uh, uh, address this ownership era and rather than risk their political skin, uh, we just get more and more taxes slapped on, uh, such as uh, sales taxes and the like. And whilst we talk property rights and their incredible advantages, We must remember the Lockean proviso from John Locke, the father of uh, 
the labor theory of property, which talks about the early days when these invaders came in and stole the land from indigenous people around the world. Well, he didn't really address that issue, of course, but he did say that if someone's going to come and and claim some land by working it, they need to do so only at least where there is enough and as good left in common for others and suggesting from it that uh, we should only what we can realistically use for ourselves, productively use for ourselves, and ensure there is enough for others to do the same. Sort of basic social contract aspect, isn't it? And so from that, uh, there are all these hints about the important role of the commons and protecting the commons. Unfortunately, since in particular the 1980s with uh, the neoliberal agenda and the new world order, It's been about reversing that mantra to the nth degree where everything has been privatised right down now to one of the last things left is Victoria's sewerage system. In the days leading up to the Victorian election, the opposition Liberal Party announced that they would privatise our sewerage system. What a bad smell that left in my mouth uh, as I thought about what that would do for the over the overall costs of the economy and all of these privatizations just add so much money to the cost of doing business hmm maybe that was an ironic turn of phrase there but uh yeah if shareholders have to be paid their dividends and CEOs need to be paid their their wages to um, match somewhat what the private sector pays, then of course the cost burden is placed on us consumers and businesses and other countries may well not have that cost burden under cutting our comparative advantage and from that uh, the ability to trade our way out of all of this government and private debt that just keeps mounting up, mounting up. I'm pleased to see that the youth are uh, stepping up on climate change and calling us to account, and hopefully they can do that on the economics front too because something needs to be done with this intergenerational inequity that's going on. Unfortunately, no one yet has crystallised the, uh, the, the public concerns, but after this dream run of some 25, 26 years of economic growth, uh, it's going to be very interesting over this year to see how the Australian economy holds up to the rapidly diminishing property sector. It's lucky that uh, there's such an infrastructure boon going on to employ people because really one wonders where all the employment is occurring. All right, my name's Carl Fitzgerald. Good to be back on the airwaves. I'll leave you with this quote. Property rights are critical to our economy and our society. They determine who pays whom and who works for whom. What's more, they have staying power. Once amassed, they are repositories of wealth and power that shape markets and societies for generations. That's Peter Barnes in How to Construct a New Invisible Hand on Evonomics as part of a promotion for his most recent book with liberty and dividends for all. Remember, this is Geeky 
but essential knowledge to work our way through this minefield of issues coming our way. We'll see you on the fourth Wednesday of next month. Something is wrong And we can make it all right Rise to the people I say barkwalla kantle rona baturet lo rula I say barkwalla kantle re toto sabla di tulo I say barkwalla kantle mino rona kisa chuto I say barkwalla kantle re reviva ho badimo I say barkwalla kantle mino rona kisa kutlo I say barkwalla kantle re re mata ke kopano pilisano No man is an island indeed Consciousness bleed to words collide to feed Happiness is a spiritual need My black people My white people My union One day we're gonna end all these borders Make it possible for us to live together Just rise, rise and stop the killing Zuma African brother Let's teach us it My house is your house, you can visit anytime you want You are in the Mahore Matla Reka Kula Miliko Rebanga Doba Pita Chapedi Hai Kuli Kisiba Kisiba Kia Bona Baba Laba Laba Bala Mendeu Baba Kori Kabanya Ena Gama Tu Haina Mibala Each one teach one Let's all unite one world one voice Let's march together Let's change to a better human race To a better human race My black people Fix this wall.